0: Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 45, and I'm drinking Jameson Irish Whiskey. As a listener to the show, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, also entertaining and consistent in my reviews. I chose Jameson for this episode because it's the last of my gift packs that I got from the holidays and I've been eager to give this one a try. I've maybe had Jameson before, probably have, but I certainly don't remember it. Plus, it's the most popular Irish whiskey in the world, so why not give it an episode? so the bottle i have for the tasting is a small 200 milliliter bottle of jameson it's just a shrunken down version of the full size 750 milliliter bottle that's common in the us it's bigger than a little 50 milliliter the minis the airplane size i'll share photos of this bottle on my social channels and jameson whiskey is 40 percent alcohol by volume making it 80 proof and this bottle came in a three pack with two other Jameson expressions. Even though this is a smaller format bottle, it's the same as the full size 750 milliliter. It's green glass with an ecru or cream colored label. Jameson is the most notable text you'll see on it. And it's crested over a family crest from Jameson along with established 1780 to either side of the crest. And then below that is the text that says triple distilled. Then it states, smooth Irish whiskey made the John Jameson way since 1780. Another smaller green label featuring a signature of John Jameson and Son is below the main label. On the neck, a label reads, distilled, matured, and bottled in Ireland, above a logo or brand seal that is made up of the letters jj and S, with John Jameson and Son's limited surrounding it. Finally, the date of 1780 is molded into the bottom of the glass, below the front labels. Okay, let's open this bottle. It's got a screw cap. Clicks right off. And for all my tastings, I'm using a clean Glencairn. This being a whiskey glass, I've got a whiskey, so this makes perfect sense. Let's go for a pour. Beautiful. In the glass, it's very clear. It's got an amber, golden, orangish color, which is a whiskey color. It's, it comes from the barrels and casks it's matured in. It's a natural color. And on the nose, it's kind of flat, actually. I mean, there's not a whole lot to it. Let me let me try it again. Yeah, I don't get any vapor burn or anything. I mean, it's only 80 proof, 40% ABV, so that's not too bad. And Jameson themselves described the nose as smooth and mellow. I would agree. Okay, let's go for a taste. Hmm. So I'll admit I've had several samples while not recording, really trying to hone in on the flavors that I'm getting on the palate. And Jameson really touts their smoothness, and while smoothness isn't a flavor, it is a mouthfeel and an experience of the taste of the whiskey. And they are absolutely correct. It is very, very smooth. I think I could drink a lot of this. But as far as flavor, i get a spiciness that is likely a combination of the ethanol and then the flavor profile of the whiskey itself. Also a nuttiness and a, a slight bit of oakiness from the barrels. Jameson's tasting notes say there should be some vanilla notes and hints of sweet sherry, but I'm not getting any of those. It's a nice whiskey, but it's really simple. So now on to the history of Jameson. Jameson is a survivor and a standard bearer of the Irish whiskey industry in many regards. It's currently the most popular Irish whiskey in the world, with 2019 sales of 8 million 9-liter case equivalents worldwide. That's more than four times the sales of the number two Irish whiskey, which is Toile and I featured that spirit in episode 10, so go back and listen to that one if you want a great story of the Irish coffee cocktail, along with Toile the story of Jameson Irish Whiskey starts in Scotland, home of course to Scotch Whiskey. This is because John Jameson, the company's founder, was born in Scotland and lived there for much of his life. He was known to be a lawyer and worked as a sheriff's clerk, but didn't get into the whiskey business until he was in his mid-40s. And it could rightfully be said that John Jameson married into the business when he married his wife, Margaret Haig, in 1768 at the age of 28. John's wife Margaret was the eldest daughter of John Haig and his wife, Margaret Stein, who operated the John Hagen Company distillery in Scotland, and the Stein family also had distilleries. The Haig and Stein families were described as whiskey royalty, responsible for a major portion of Scotch whiskey output in the 18th century. So, John Jameson had a lot of family in the whiskey business, and it was this extended family that founded a distillery in 1780 in Ireland that would become the basis of Jameson and lend its date to the bottle. It's known that John Jameson and his wife moved to Ireland by 1774, as records show he joined a Freemasons' Lodge in Dublin in that year. But it wasn't until 1785 or 86 when he became manager of the whiskey distillery on Bow Street in Dublin, Ireland that his cousin, John Stein, had founded in 1780. After having managed and run the Bow Street Stein Distillery for 20 years, John Jameson was able to buy it outright from his cousin in 1805, and in so doing brought his son, John Jameson II, on to take over the family business. Five years later, in 1810, John Jameson & Son was officially founded as a company. It seems then that the founding Jameson retired, as John Jameson II really grew the business and expanded the distillery. He focused on hard work and quality, combined with innovation to refine the distilling craft. An old notebook of John Jameson II's exists, dating from 1826, that the brand has preserved, and the notebook includes mash bills and notes on experiments in distillation. It said he purchased only the best grains and paid his employees an above-average wage. In the early 1800s, there were close to 100 breweries and distillers in Dublin, so competition was common. The focus on quality and human resources, as we'd refer to it today, helped keep the distillery successful. So John Jameson II ran the distillery for more than four decades until he turned it over to his son, John Jameson III, in 1851. The third John Jameson and the line continued the business in the manner of his father and grandfather, further expanding while remaining focused on quality. By the mid-1880s, the Bow Street distillery employed about 300 people and was producing a million gallons of whiskey a year. It also covered five acres of Dublin and was described as a city within a city. They had more than 25,000 casks of whiskey aging on site in cellars dug out under the distillery just for maturation. The distillery was the largest in Ireland and Irish whiskey was the most popular in the world right up until the early 1900s. A series of events caused decline in Jameson's business and Irish whiskey as a whole. The First World War started in 1914 and midway through, the Irish War of Independence started in 1916. This cut off the key British export market for Jameson whiskey. And not just Britain itself, but collectively the British Empire, including Canada and Australia. By the time a truce was reached in the summer of 1921, prohibition in the USA was in force, and thus another key export market was cut off. Some Irish whiskeys, though not Jameson, had become poor quality due to dilution of grain whiskey with pot still whiskey, creating a rough product that wasn't favorable to the category. Meanwhile, Scotch whiskey had been increasing production capacity and improving quality. The Scotch distillers also proved to be good marketers, and importantly, they had access to export markets such as Canada and the Bahamas and Bermuda that were perfect waypoints on their journey to the U.S. black market. Scotch rose in favor in the U.S. during Prohibition. Just listen to episode 29 for the story of how Cutty Sark first found its way to U.S. shores during Prohibition. Irish whiskey lost out on the global trade, and Scotch whiskey took over. In the first half of the 1900s, most of the Dublin distilleries closed. And in 1966, three of the four remaining Irish whiskey distilleries joined forces to pool resources and survive. They formed a company known as Irish Distillers Limited. This new company was comprised of John Jameson & Sons, Cork Distilleries Company, and John Powers & Sons. In 1972, Bushmills, the last remaining Irish distiller, joined the group. In 1976, a New Middleton, Ireland production facility was opened. Jameson's original distillery on Bow Street stopped producing whiskey in 1971. It sat dormant and vacant for about 16 years until the original core building was rehabbed to be a visitor center, opening in 1997. Irish Distillers Limited was nearly the victim of a hostile takeover, and overall sales of all Irish whiskey bottomed out in the early 1980s to around 200,000 cases a year. French Spirits Conglomerate, Pernod Ricard, was able to acquire the group in 1988. Interestingly, it was only 20 years earlier, in 1968, that Jameson was first sold in bottles. Prior to that, for over 150 years, it was sold by the cask to others who would either bottle it or simply sell it from the cask to patrons. Jameson was very late to the game with bottling, but Pernod Ricard nurtured the Jameson brand back to success and is responsible for growing the brand tremendously. By 1996, Jameson broke the 1 million case mark in a year, by 2010 they were selling 3 million cases a year, and just a decade later they topped 8 million cases worldwide. 90% of all Jameson is exported today from Ireland. So that's the brief history of Jameson. Now let's talk about how it's made. The only ingredients not sourced from Ireland are the corn grown in south of France for the grain whiskey that goes into the blend, and the barrels that start as ex-bourbon barrels from the USA or ex-sherry casks from Spain. The rest is all sourced in country within 100 miles of the distillery in Middleton. Jameson is a blended Irish whiskey, but it's a blend of only whiskeys distilled by Jameson. They start with the barley grown in Ireland, and some of this they malt, some is left green or unmalted. Malting is sprouting of grain by soaking it in water, then allowing it to germinate. Malting starts a plant's conversion of starches to sugar to help feed the growing seedling, but to keep from losing all the sugar to a plant, the growth is halted by killing the germinated seeds with heat. This then leaves a higher sugar content partially germinated grain for the yeast to feed on in fermentation, referred to as malted barley. What separates Jameson from Scotch whiskey is the use of an indirect heat source in malting. Scotch is often malted by burning peat, allowing the smoke to permeate through the grain, imparting a noted peaty smokiness to the final whiskey. Jameson and Irish whiskey as a whole, skip this smoke infusion with air drying that keeps the smoke out of the barley. So Jameson's malted barley is unflavored. The malted barley and unmalted barley are both milled into a grist, and that grist, which is just ground up, milled barley, is then added to water to create a wort. The wort is then fermented for a number of days with the addition of yeast to produce alcohol. The fermented wort is referred to as a wash. Jameson is triple distilled, a fact they tout, which gives the whiskey its smoothness, which I can attest to after tasting it. The triple distillation happens in pot stills, the first of which is a wash still. The distiller boils the wash and captures the alcohol vapors, passing them through a condenser to collect the liquid. This liquid is then distilled through the second still, called the faint still. The final pass is through the spirit still. And this triple distilled process through the large copper pot stills yields what's known as pot still whiskey. But if you remember the ingredient they don't get from Ireland, it's the corn, or maize as they refer to it. Jameson also produces a grain whiskey using this corn that they source from southern France. The grain whiskey is distilled in a modern column still. And to be legally considered Irish whiskey, All of the whiskey must age for no less than three years in Ireland. It cannot leave the country of Ireland during maturation. And the whiskey is matured in a combination of used bourbon barrels and sherry casks. After aging, the blending of barrels and casks takes place, and it's the blending that creates the consistent Jameson flavor. A consistency that should be, well, consistent, batch to batch, year over year. Oh, it is also notable that the water used for Jameson comes from the Dungaree River that literally flows through the distillery. Once blended, the finished whiskey is bottled, and 90% of it is destined to be exported from Ireland, much of it landing in the United States. So that's how they make it. So how do you drink it? What are the recommended cocktails or consumption methods of Jameson whiskey? it's recommended to be enjoyed neat the trademark smoothness of it really lends itself to just sipping as it is right out of the bottle and that's likely how i'll drink it i prefer most of my spirits neat however the gift pack box i got suggested trying it on the rocks or with ginger ale and a squeeze of lime i may give that a whirl because I like ginger ale. So, yeah, uh, Jameson Irish Whiskey. It's a good whiskey, so you can substitute it in many whiskey cocktails and old-fashioned, sidecar, whatever you prefer. So, in summary, what do I think of Jameson Irish Whiskey? I've got to say it's really smooth, and smoothness is, again, not really a flavor profile, but it is a good description of how to enjoy a spirit. At 80 proof, you could drink a lot of this, and I think that is the point. It is the number one selling Irish whiskey in the world, moving about 8 million cases a year. That's a lot, but not a lot compared to some other whiskeys, and certainly not compared to the titans of the scotch world that move double, triple that a year. All that said, Jameson, I need to buy a bigger bottle because this little 200 milliliters is going to go quick. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor in the Core Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Show notes are on liquorinthecoreconnoisseur.com. You can also find the show on your favorite podcast platform. The shows on social media, Facebook, and Instagram are where I'm most active. I love hearing from my listeners, so if you've got suggestions for a spirit to feature in an upcoming episode, please do reach out. And as always, thank you for listening.